What's going on guys, your boy Elroy here and welcome back to the Your Boy Elroy MMA podcast on this Friday, February 5th, 5th. Welcome back, man. It's so great to be back uh, and talk about fights this week, which is great. Um, first off, before we get into any news, any previews, uh, subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you're listening to this for the first time, five-star ratings and reviews for the show. That's how we obtain more listeners is the more traction we can get from your guys reviews so if you haven't done so tell a friend leave a review i would really really appreciate it um and before we start and talk about the news i would like to say congratulations to local north carolina fighter josh oxidine on his win last week he defeated the guy by second round Rear naked choke. Congratulations. This is the third fight in the row you win. Uh, I'm looking forward to my listeners finding out who you are and meeting you soon, Josh. Let's get into the news. There is a ton of it. A lot came out this week. And, of course, people are still buzzing off of the lightweight division in the UFC. So let's talk about the state of 155 at this current moment. Now, I just want to cover five fights to make in the UFC lightweight division, judging by the rankings. So in a perfect world, here are my five fights interchangeable between, you know, the top 10. So my number one fight on my radar is Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler. Uh, I think, obviously, Justin Gaethje, coming off of a loss, has to get a win before getting that title shot. And as much as I love Michael Chandler, I still think that the UFC needs to for him to get a victory over another UFC superstar for him to really solidify himself as a title contender. At this time. So I think that this is a win-win for both those guys. I love that fight stylistically. As well as you know. Just from a from a fan favorite perspective. Like fireworks. I think that that fight will provide that. Um, that's my number one fight to make in the lightweight division. Number two. Dustin Poirier. Versus Charles Oliveira. For the now. In my opinion. Vacant. UFC lightweight championship. Now, I know that I've been really critical on Charles Oliveira lately. Um, You know, I think, you know, they always talk about his eight-fight win streak. But only two of those matchups really mattered, and it was the last two that he looked fantastic against Kevin Lee. And then I think he looked uh, obviously great against Tony Ferguson. Now, Tony Ferguson a few years ago, I'm not sure he would have looked that great, but that really doesn't matter in this case. Uh, Charles Oliveira is deserving, and I think that if they have to do a title fight, that's the title fight to make. Number three, in a perfect world, I think that Conor McGregor should finally face Rafael Dos Anjos. Um, For me... I just think that 
there's still a story there from back in the day. We never got to get that fight. And I think now Conor McGregor coming off a loss, I think it's like perfect opportunity. You know, RDA looked great in his last fight, but I think that RDA is a completely winnable fight for Conor. Obviously, when Conor wins, the UFC is doing great, so the UFC is going to want, want that. Um, so I'm looking for Conor McGregor versus Rafael Dos Anjos next. Number four, Tony Ferguson versus Nathan Diaz. Um, I love Nate Diaz a bun- uh, against a bunch of guys, but there was something about the most recent Twitter exchange between Tony Ferguson and Nathan Diaz that really got me hyped to see that fight. Um, I think that those two guys could put on a damn show. I don't care if it's at 155 or 170. I think that Tony Ferguson versus Nate Diaz is a fantastic fight. I think that that could headline a pay-per-view with the star power, obviously, of Nate Diaz and the popularity of Tony Ferguson. I think that that fight could be a damn barn burner. And then number five, something that's really low, you know, not not really on the radar. I think a great fight for Kevin Lee to come back for is Paul Felder. Paul Felder, still inside the top ten, uh, needs to get a victory after losing to the returning to lightweight Rafael Dos Anjos. And Kevin Lee obviously has to get his head right. I think that this is the perfect opportunity to match these two guys up and really get the ball rolling on those two. Um, I didn't talk about Dan Hooker because I don't know where his career is at yet. Obviously, he had some statements put out this week that, you know, the the whole thing with his, you know, throwing the gloves, it was just the emotion running rampant, you know. Everybody hates to lose. I totally understood it. I never thought that he was, you know, quitting, you know, per se. So, uh... I left Dan Hooker off because I just need him to, you know, recoup. But um, if you want to put Dan Hooker against somebody, I guess that'd be a fun fight for Gregor Gillespie to come back. And that's, you know, he's still top 15. Obviously, that's a, a big jump, you know, from Dan Hooker fighting, you know, Dustin Poirier two fights ago to uh, having to fight, you know, number 15, Gregor Gillespie. Uh, but I think it'll do good for his career. You know, he's he's been in, you know, main events and co-main events lately. I think that he could use that, like, you know, early on the card, you know, not too much pressure. And it's a good stylistic matchup against him because he does match good against wrestlers. Moving on from, you know, matchmaking, Conor McGregor, you know, every time after a fight, win, lose, or draw, Conor McGregor kind of assesses the fight about a week later. And that's what we got from him this week in an Instagram post where he blamed his performance on, I think this was very well said, a single disciplined approach. Uh, the quote says, a little single disciplined in my approach and stance with mostly boxing. It's what I get for picking this bout and opponent as the precursor to a boxing match against Pac-Man. I deserve to get my legs kicked off me going in with this thinking. This is not the game to play around with. So, obviously, Connor always gracious in defeat. 
um, and very self-aware, which I always appreciate about Connor. Transitioning really quick from the UFC to another fighting organization, an organization that actually took off the year 2020. PFL announced their lineups for this season. Uh, just some notable names in in the certain divisions. Obviously, returning champion Lance Palmer, uh, Brendan Lachlan. Those are probably the two most notable names in the featherweight division. Moving on to the stacked lightweight division, returning champ Natan Schlut. Uh, we have Anthony Pettis. We have Olivier Oban Mercier. These are very, you know, notable names for that lightweight division. I think that there's going to be a heavy focus on that. Moving on to the welterweight division, always a fun division for the PFL. We have Ray Cooper the third, Rory McDonald, Magomed Magamillions, uh, and then David Mashad, which we know he was a he was a great fighter last season, and then. Moving on to the light heavyweight division, the returning champ, Emiliano Sordi. Tom Lawler, which is a great name to see. Um, I'm happy he's getting the chance at, you know, a million dollars. And Chris Camozzi, those are the most notable names for the PFL this season. So that should be fun to watch. I'm looking forward to seeing how well Anthony Pettis could do in you know a different organization it's been years you know he talked about how he he really dedicated his life and his career to the UFC so I'm looking forward to seeing him put his best foot forward in another organization with different talent this week was extremely busy when it came to interviews uh the MMA world was kind of interview crazy you know we had Michael Chandler Dustin Poirier you know, Charles Oliveira, which we rarely hear from. We had personalities like Peter Rosenberg and Stephen A. Smith, as well as the UFC welterweight champ Kamaru Usman speak this week, which we haven't heard in a while. But uh, just some just some key, key things that I thought was brought up. Um, I actually text good friend of the show, Ron Pashery, for a quote about something that Peter Rosenberg said about Michael Chandler's promo. Rosenberg says, if you're going to sit there and tell me that that was as good as a wrestling promo, I would wholeheartedly disagree. It's apples and wrenches. The rebuttal from my good buddy Ron Pashery Jr. reads, Peter needs to realize what year it is. Peter needs to realize what era he's in. Who in wrestling in 2021 is actually cutting good promos? Who in wrestling in 2021 is expressing their own excitement, their own pride, their own ambitions, and their own genuine enthusiasm for where they are and what's in front of them? I already wasted more time on a corny, bland DJ with no talent and no charisma than I should. Stop asking Peter for his worthless opinions on any topic. So, rough, rough words coming from Ron Pashery Jr. I agree as well. Uh, I don't think that 
you know, Peter has any right to talk about Michael Chandler's promo. I thought it was a great moment, especially for Michael Chandler's debut. I thought it was perfect. Uh, like Pash said, he he conveyed excitement, which which is what you want to see. He really made a name for himself, as Dana said. You know, he, he put himself on the map and put himself in great position that I expect for him to fight for a title before 2021 is over. Um, Michael Chandler had a, a lot of good things to say. Something that I completely agree with is don't use the phrase hasn't earned it around me. I just came into your own organization. I just came into the top five, kicked down the door, knocked out the guy in two and a half minutes that you couldn't finish in 25 minutes. And I think I cemented myself as a top guy. Uh, I think I said this when the the press conference happened with Dustin Poirier where he was just totally big-timing Michael Chandler. Um you know, I wouldn't want to fight Michael Chandler either. So if, if you know, Dustin doesn't want to fight him, I don't, I don't feel bad for that. But don't hold up the rest of the division because you're picking fights, bro. Like, you want to be the champion, you fight like a champion and fight all comers. Uh, Stephen A. Smith had something controversial to say. Surprise, surprise. Uh his quote being, when I think about pugilistic sports, and for those who don't know, pugilistic means uh, the skill of combat or fighting, so boxing, MMA, kickboxing, etc. Um, I don't like to see women involved in that at all. I just don't like it. I wouldn't pass. I wouldn't promote legislating laws to prohibit them from doing so but I don't want to see women punching each other in the face I don't want to see women fighting in the octagon and stuff like that that's just me now I understand everybody's outrage Um, I know that it's 2021 but also in 2021 as much as we need to be and this is my opinion I, I obviously don't agree with what he said but I know that in 2021 we're supposed to be more you know what's that word like accepting of of everything but I also believe that everybody's entitled to their own opinion and I think everybody should feel like that even if you know obviously opinions are opinions they're not fact you don't have to agree with them we all have our own um so yes I think the backlash is warranted but I do think that he's entitled to his opinion and I know a lot of people who don't like to watch women fight It's just a thing, you know, and I think it'll continue to be a thing. And I don't think that women should be offended by it. You know, who's excited to see, you know, Paige Van Zandt fight bare knuckle? Like no one wants to see that. It's just hard to watch. You know, bare knuckle is hard to watch already. And then you're watching, you know, 115 pound females, you know, Instagram models, for lack of a better term punching each other in the face that's that's no fun but moving on to my last you know great interview moment from this week and there was a lot of great interviews this week uh that are out of mma as well i think if you have a second or you know two hours i would listen to the the latest episode of 
The Fighter and the Kids with Brendan Schaub, Malik B, and Chappelle Lacey with their special guest this week, Ricky Williams, former NFL running back, a fantastic talent who played for the Miami Dolphins as well as teams like the Saints. He was a savage, all-pro running back, just so ahead of his time. Uh, I thought that was a really fun interview, and he is very candid about his career. I think it's the most realistic look into a top talent of the NFL in a long time. So if I were you, I'd make time for that. But I think, you know, Kamara Usman, someone who we don't hear too much about recently, the whole division has really been on pause for, you know, the better part of a year. But something that he brought up in the interview when he was asked by Brett Akamoto about Hamzat Shemaev, he said, quote, I see him. I think he's tough. I think he's playing the cards right. He's doing what needs to get done to be in title contention, and it's great. So I love the fact that Kamara Usman is acknowledging Hamzat's work thus far. I think that... uh. That is a fight that we have a chance to possibly see before the end of the year. And that is fantastic. Um, as long as he can get the victory, him being Hamzat Shemaev, I think that him versus Kamara Usman will be a fantastic fight. A lot, a lot of fun. Quick hits. Uh, Floyd Mayweather versus Logan Paul postponed. LOL. Uh, did anybody see that video of Marab Divajwili? Um, obviously, we know he had to pull out of his latest fight announcement from a few weeks ago due to uh, an injury, I believe. Well, it just got worse. Uh, obviously, there was heavy rain in the north or heavy snow in the northeast, and uh, he decided to take a video of him like diving into a. I believe it was like an iced out lake. I don't know if he checked it first. So he goes to dive and the thing is shallow. And he <laughs> immediately you see him kind of um, like scratching his head like, oh, and looking to see if there's blood. Jumps to a clip right after that of him uh, with like dry blood on his face. Kind of saying to the camera, what a stupid, stupid mistake. And then from there, jumps to a video of him in the hospital getting staples. So, Marab kind of putting, continuing to put a longer pause on his career. You know, he was a real, he was surging in that Bantamweight division. And now, you know, we kind of, we're kind of going to have to wait once again. Let's get into some fight announcements, uh, some big ones this week. As always, our fight announcements come from the Instagram page, MMA underscore Fight Night Live. Once again, thank you guys so much for uploading these fight announcements and graphics. Starting off with Jim Miller versus Bobby Green. I love that. A couple veterans going at it. Uh, Bobby Green, one of the MVPs of uh, first... Three quarters of quarantine, man. He put in some work last year. Congratulations to him to get a quick fight. Uh, Robert Whitaker versus Paulo Costa is finally set. We have Sugar Sean O'Malley versus Thomas Almeida, two of the UFC's most notable hype jobs. LOL. Just kidding. Uh, 
We have Joseph Benavidez versus Askar Askarov. That is a hell of a fight. Uh, if Joey B could get that done, uh, that means that he still got it. But I think if he loses that fight, he might be on his way out. We have the rebooking of Islam Mahachev against Drew Dober. We have a fantastic fight at featherweight. Two, two skilled um, up-and-comers, we'll call them. Arnold Allen versus Sadiq Youssef. And then we have Gavin Tucker versus Cub Swanson. That should be a really fun fight. Uh, Cub Swanson has been bringing it lately. Killing it. Those are this week's fight announcements. Before I move on to the fights this weekend, uh, I just want to talk real quick about the Royal Rumble. Last weekend, the Royal Rumble happened. And I think it was a fantastic, fantastic event. Uh, Both of the Royal Rumble matches delivered. And I think that the WWE made a great decision on giving Edge and Bianca Belair the Royal Rumble wins, man. Bianca Belair is someone who is immensely talented. And I love the idea of her versus Sasha Banks at WrestleMania. And uh, Edge, the... The options for Edge are unlimited. Either of the three champions that exist right now, I'd like to see Edge against all three of them. Obviously, this past weekend, or this past week on NXT, he teased facing Finn Balor. Uh, I think that Roman Reigns is the logical choice, but I do like the idea of him versus Drew McIntyre. Obviously, Drew McIntyre has really held it down for the company for the past year. And uh, I think that him versus Edge will be a great, you know, consolation package. Kind of thank you for for really holding us down this whole year. So that that's really it. Uh, I thought it was a great event. And, you know, WWE, you could say what you want about Raw. SmackDown's been really good since Roman's come back. But uh, the pay-per-views, for the most part, Always deliver. So if you're a wrestling fan, I highly suggest if you haven't seen the Royal Rumble or even if you're a casual, like it's been a while since you watched wrestling, do me a favor and go watch the Royal Rumble. It's a lot of fun. This weekend, tomorrow, Saturday, February 6th, cards, uh, prelim cards starting at 5 o'clock. We're back in Vegas for UFC Fight Night Overeem versus Volkov. Starting off, in the prelims, uh, we'll just go on with some notable names. We got Oday Osborne, Martin Day, uh, Yusuf Zalaw. We have a really fun fight at women's flyweight Molly Meatball Molly McCann versus Lara Procopio. Uh, quick turnaround for Jocelyn Edwards against Carol Rosa. Jocelyn Edwards, really fun to watch. Always looking for the finish, which I love. Um, I I see big things for her. She was a lot of fun to watch. We have a catchweight bout against the returning Devontae Smith against Justin James. We haven't seen Devontae Smith in maybe a little over a year. Wow, even longer than that. We haven't seen Devontae Smith since August 17, 2019 when he lost that bout against Kama Worthy. Mm. I remember that was like stunning. Kama worthy, so much fun to watch. Uh, 
yeah, he he crushed Devontae Smith. We haven't seen him since then. Uh, one of the first stars of the Contender Series, obviously, you know, Season one was heavy for Sugar Sean O'Malley, but we saw him on uh, Devontae Smith on season two, and he really made a name for himself, winning his fight, finishing in the first round with elbows against Joseph Lowry. So Devontae Smith is someone who I see a bright future for, and I I don't think that uh, one loss, you know, should should dictate the rest of his career. I still think that he he has a great, great path ahead of him. The feature prelim in the light heavyweight division, Mike Rodriguez against Danilo Marquez. Moving on to the main card on ESPN Plus at 8 o'clock. We have a fun fight at lightweight, which we've been talking about for the last, like, five weeks, I believe. And it's the first time besides announcing the fight itself that I really talk about these guys. Uh, Carlos Diego Fajeda against Benil Darius. That should be crazy. We have a fun fight at Featherweight uh, for the simple fact that it is Cody Stamen. He's facing Eskar Eskar. <laughs> we finally have the UFC debut of Manil Cape against Alexander Pantoja. That should be a fun fight. I'm looking forward to the debut of Manil Cape, I think that he's really going to stun a lot of people at how good he is. And instant contender at flyweight. Instant. Moving on to the lightweight division, a couple veterans fighting. Michael Johnson against Clay Guida. Both in double-digit loss territory. These, There's like, how many fights? There's 88 fights between these guys. Crazy. Those guys are some veterans, man. Moving on to the co-main event, we got a banger at Bantamweight. Corey the Sandman Sanhagen, who looked phenomenal in his last performance, finishing Marlon Marais with a head kick against the veteran Frankie Edgar. This is a fight that I don't even think Corey Sanhagen really needed. But I think it's the perfect opportunity for him to really showcase his skills against a veteran like Frankie Edgar. Frankie Edgar's still good, man. He he still could make a run, but I think that he's fighting the wrong fight against Corey Sanhagen. I think Corey's too dynamic. He's uh, so well-rounded and, and a really tough puzzle to kind of figure out. Um, so I see him doing big damage against Frankie Edgar. And then the main event, of course, two veterans, Alistair Overeem looking to make another run at the UFC title against Alexander Volkov. Uh, Overeem has looked incredible lately. Like, I don't know. He's just been unstoppable almost in a sense. Dominant victories over Augusto Sakai and Walt Harris. Um... Yes, he did lose to Jarzinho Rosenstrike in the fifth round, but he was beating the living hell out of Jarzinho before that. Um, let's not forget that he dominated Jarzinho for four rounds, or pretty much five rounds till he got knocked out with like four seconds left. Uh, he crushed Alexio Linick and Sergey. 
Pavlovich. So I think with, you know, two wins in a row, uh, four out of his last five, I think that Overeem still has a lot of juice left in the tank to make a run, especially if he could string a few more wins together. You know, Alexander Volkov coming off of that win against Walt Harris after losing to Curtis Blades. You know, everybody loses to Curtis Blades, so you can't really feel bad about that. Uh, He's just so damn skilled, and he's so big. I really, really enjoy watching Alexander Volkov, so this fight should be fantastic. These, I totally expect these guys to really, really uh, bring the heat. And, uh, yeah, it's it's great to have MMA back, man. It sucks when they take a week off. It kind of crushes me. But it kind of rejuvenates me as well, you know. I get I get excited for what's to come, you know, especially with all the interviews that happened this week, you know, to hear Kamaru Usman's voice a week ago, to hear Gilbert Burns' voice. I can't wait to talk about that fight next week. Uh, the UFC is back, man, and it's it's going to be a lot, a lot of fun. There's a card on my birthday. Uh, just Just a lot to look forward to this month, a lot of heavyweight main events. And a lot of undercard bangers, like a lot of fights that you look at and you're like, ooh, look at that. So I cannot wait. The UFC is back. Uh, but if you're really jonesing to watch a fight tonight, as you guys are listening to this, Paige Van Zant makes her BKFC debut. Uh, I just saw the weigh-ins. Um and I'm going to make a prediction that Paige Van Zandt gets finished in the second round. That's just me. Not putting any money. Just saying that I think Paige Van Zandt will get finished in the second round by Brittany Knight. But we'll talk about that next week. This has been another episode of YBE MMA Podcast. You can find me on all forms of social media. Elroy Preps in one word. You can find the show on Teespring, teespring.com slash stores slash YBE MMA podcast, as well as Instagram at YBE MMA podcast. If it's your birthday, happy birthday. Enjoy the fights this weekend, and we'll see you next week.